0: Welcome to the Newson Health Menopause Podcast. I'm Dr Louise Newson, a GP and menopause specialist, and I run the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Centre here in Stratford-upon-Avon. So today I have great pleasure of introducing Katie Taylor to you. She's come up from London to my clinic in Stratford-upon-Avon, and I've known Katie not that long, really, but we feel like I've known you for longer because we've done a lot of head banging against the wall in frustration, um, a lot of sharing emotional stories with. Um, so, thank you very so much for coming, Katie. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, so, I can't even remember when we first met. I Can think
1: you? we met at Meg Matthews' launch, actually, of Meg's Menopause. That was the yes, first time I came yes. up to. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> very right.
0: And I think we've probably contacted through um maybe social media beforehand and you've got an interesting sort of personal journey and now you're doing a huge amount of work to really help empower women which is fantastic so just talk a bit if you don't mind about why you're here what journey has brought you here today
1: so my journey was you know I'm a mum a busy mum with four kids
0: and I just stopped you there four Four children. Yes, So that is amazing. I've got three, and I can barely manage. So any of my patients who have four children, I have complete admiration. So sorry, carry yeah, on. No, so yes, everyone
1: tells me I'm mad. Yeah. So and and you know, I was very capable, and you know, I, yeah, I could, I managed to juggle you know work and and family and um you know everything pretty well prided myself on it. in fact, people used to say i don't know how you do it but it it didn't come difficult to me um, but what I noticed um by the age of about sort of forty three is Um, I used to go on the school run and I used to sort of feel like I had a bit of brain fog Mm. and I thought maybe, you know, I've just got a virus. Um, And then I'd forget words and my friends would make fun of me saying, oh, you're always forgetting your words, you know, you're an old lady. Um, And then I'd get very teary um, and I kept going back to my doctor saying I'm very teary, um, you know, I, I keep forgetting words. And they just said, well, you know, you're juggling too much, why don't you give up work or go part time? And this kept going on over a period of four years. I'd keep going back to... Four years? Yeah. It's a long time. It's a very long time. The worst bit for me, there were two pretty poor times when my doctor said, well, actually, you're now coming with heart palpitations. I'm beginning to think this is all in your mind.
0: So a physical symptom that Mm. you really can't make up. Well, and I'd been sent
1: to a cardiologist and he said, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, I'd been told I was suffering from depression Um, I was put on antidepressants. Did you think
0: you were depressed at the time? No, because,
1: well, I knew I was crying. I'd become a hermit. Mm. Um, I was a former shell of a woman. I wanted to stay home. I never wanted to socialise or see anyone. You know, my husband thought he'd lost his wife. But I couldn't work out why I'd be depressed. I had, you know, four great kids, a lovely job, lovely husband. You know, we didn't really have money, worries too much. So I thought, well
0: what's oh, going on yeah what were your periods doing at this time
1: uh my periods were a little bit erratic so they weren't really heavy they definitely weren't sort of how they used to be but
0: they had changed they changed and yeah. did any of the doctors ever talk to you about your periods at all? not once no and i presume you're no just a friend, but like a lot of women who in their early 40s didn't think anything related to your hormones Not at all, because I
1: thought, well, menopause was never mentioned, and I just thought that happened to women in their late 50s, and I was having periods. I certainly wasn't having hot flushes. Had you heard of the term perimenopause at that stage? No, never heard of it. Now, you know, luckily for me, and, you know, I say luckily, it shouldn't have got to this stage, but, you know, my father's a breast cancer professor. um, He's a retired surgeon now. Mm. And he said, I just one day went round there after four years crying on the you know on the chair saying I just don't know what's wrong with me dad I think I'm going mad I don't understand it and he said I just I think this is hormones you need to go and see gynaecologist who specializes in in hormone health. Um, what and, did you think
0: then? Did you think he was a bit crazy talking about that? Or well, I just did you think thought, there might be something in it? Well, I thought, I'll try anything, to be mm. honest. Absolutely, because you are probably desperate.
1: I was desperate. Yeah. And I tried every, you know, everyone was saying, well, maybe your iron's low, you know, take mm. this, this and this. So I was desperate. And we, I went to see this guy, and within half an hour, she'd said, oh, this is classic perimenopause symptoms. She didn't even sort of, she didn't even raise an eyebrow. And I said what's that (laughs) um and she explains you know that 10 years before menopause you can all these symptoms can happen and she explained that my oestrogen levels were probably on the floor Mm. and it was literally it was a light bulb moment for Mm. me
0: so you didn't have any blood tests or anything fancy to, to diagnose that it was really just from her understanding and listening
1: yeah because she said to me you know over the age of 45 she was actually the lady who wrote the nice guidelines actually right. and um since so she said to me you know the nice guidance say that you know we go by symptoms over a lady of 45 yeah.
0: which is really important so some of you that might not know who are listening the nice guidelines are the national institute of health and care excellence so they're really government endorsed guidelines and the first ones in the menopause came out in November 2015, and they're very clear about diagnosis of both the perimenopause and menopause. And if a woman's over the age of 45, then blood tests are unnecessary. If a ladies between 40 and 45, they might be helpful, but we don't always do them. Under the age of 40, often we do because it's important to get the diagnosis right. So um, I'm sure many of you have had friends or even yourselves that might have had blood tests and being told they're normal so therefore it's not your menopause or perimenopause and and as you know Katie there are some days probably where you felt better than others Mm. so you could have had a blood test and been said oh well actually your hormones are normal Mm. and they might have been on that day but a few days later they won't be so Mm -hmm. and there's you know 9.5 £2 million a year is wasted on inappropriate hormone blood testing, you know, and as we know there aren't many NHS-led menopause clinics, you know, I personally can't get a job in the NHS because there are no clinics local to me, so it's really important that women aren't asking for blood tests, it's a clinical diagnosis and the questionnaire that you can download uh, from my website by just searching questionnaire is a good place to start, isn't it, so Mm. people can tick and Perhaps do you think if you'd been shown that questionnaire mm. and someone had said to you, "Are well, your periods changing?" Do you think that I light think bulb moment would have happened earlier?
1: I wish it did. I mean, it, it, I was—I had the light bulb moment. I cried with relief that mm. I wasn't going mad, yes. and then I became incredibly angry. Yes. And if I had walked into that doctor on day one and they'd said, "Oh, hang on, we've got a woman over 40, mm. and they, they gave me a symptom checklist and said, yes. "Are you f- suffering from any of these?" I would have probably ticked twenty or out of twenty-five or thirty. Yeah. It would have saved me four years of misery, yes. and you know, yeah. my family were affected, my friends yeah. as well.
0: So, so what's made you get better? Because you're not like that now. Are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> so she immediately put me on HRT. Um, were you worried about that? Did you think, oh, I'm too young to be on HRT, or I, you I, so desperate
1: for help? I look. I'm very. I'm different from others in that, obviously, you know, I had. My father, who was, you know, an expert in women's health, who reassured me. Uh, My gynaecologist reassured me. My mum was probably one of the first women to ever be put on HRT. And she'd been on it for a long time. So I wasn't worried. And she explained the risks and benefits. And it was a no-brainer for me. Mm. And within about a month, it was like it had reversed,
0: taken me back to my 20s. So
1: Um, that
0: must have been an amazing feeling when you've been struggling for so long to have a treatment that worked so quickly? Did-
1: yeah, I mean, it wasn't instant, but within a month, I would say, I, I just remember that the, the moment of clarity was I hadn't laughed in four years and I couldn't understand why I didn't find things funny that mm. everyone else find funny. And I remember going to see, it was a comedy musical, and laughing and laughing and laughing. And my husband turns, <laughs> I get very emotional, and he said, I've got my wife back. And I said, that's the first time you know, I've laughed. Yeah.
0: Which is quite something, isn't it? It's... Yeah,
1: because you think, you just think you're going crazy and you're. Yes. I think you think you're never going to get back to the woman you were.
0: No, no. and so. It's, it's so hard. And a lady said to me recently, um, she'd look, she was driving and she was looking in the mirror and she said, gosh, I could see my teeth. I haven't seen my teeth for ages because I was smiling. Oh dear, I'm so one. It is a very um, because I think for all of us, you know, men and women, we like to be in control, and when you're not in control of your emotions, it's mm. it's really hard. And certainly as a GP, I've. I've helped and treated a lot of people with proper clinical depression and that's very rewarding. But I, and I've also seen and spoken to thousands of menopausal women who haven't been depressed but have been incorrectly given antidepressants. But it's so scary when your mind doesn't work and mm. You know, I found when I had symptoms I was low, but I was quite irritable, I was crotchety, I was short tempered, but I had no motivation. And, Mm. you know, most people who know me know that I am motivated. I want to work, I, I want to work hard, but I just couldn't be bothered. Yeah, and then, and then you end up staring at the walls and thinking, "No, I'm not going to see my friends. No, I don't want to." Yeah, it's easier to say no, and then you think, "This isn't. I'm just existing, really." It's yeah, not, that was it. It's it was not the a real existing. life. It's really weird, mm. Um, mm. and you're just sort of sinking lower and lower, and you don't know why, and it's it's weird, isn't it? It
1: is weird. And look, I'm this. I'm a bit like you that I I was always someone that had bound boundless amounts of energy, mm. and I think. The anger made me want to do something. So a lot of women just, you know, they want to get better and then yes, they want to go back to their old course. life. But it, it's driven me to want to make change and to educate and empower women so they don't have to. To go through what you've done. Yeah, and I, and I don't say that lightly. I feel really I know you do. passionate and angry yeah. about you know if you I'm one person and you can times this by well I don't need to tell you but thousands and thousands well I think millions millions global it's not a
0: UK problem is it so every woman if she lives long enough will go through the menopause the time when our hormones reduce because our eggs run out sometimes it's natural like in the case of you and me but sometimes it can be forced upon us uh, or upon women if they have their ovaries removed as an oophorectomy sometimes it's because of cancer treatment so radiotherapy chemotherapy can cause a a menopause which is often um, a permanent cessation of the hormones and um, it happens to all women it doesn't pick out certain ethnic groups it doesn't pick out certain social classes All of us. And um, not everyone will get symptoms, as you know. Only um, about 25% of women escape, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think probably even the number's lower because I think a lot of women have symptoms such as yours and they're not diagnosed properly. Um, sometimes people just feel a bit more anxious, a bit maybe having migraines or just recurrent urinary tract infections, cystitis. They don't realise it's related. Um, but it is so important for our future health as well, isn't it? So I don't know whether you realised at the time that your lower hormone levels are increasing or were increasing your future risk of Heart disease, osteoporosis, and that's something we're not taught about, are we? So no, I, I had, had no realize. clue. No. no,
1: didn't even enter you know my head. Yes, so, you know now I, I <laughs> by default I now know a lot, mm. um, and I just I mean this is what so the day I came home and had my light bulb moments mm. with my gynaecologist and I sat on my bed crying with relief. Um, that's when I turned to Facebook and Mm. thought, I need to see if anyone else has gone through Mm. this or if it's just me. Because I still thought it was was just me. Yes,
0: and could you find anything? There was only
1: Facebook groups for young mums, but there was no one talking about sort of midlife issues, women's health issues. Mm. So I thought, well, I'll start my own group and just see if there's any sort of appetite for other people to... Well, within that day, I had two thousand new members. It was like an avalanche, yes. and I was completely overwhelmed mm-hmm. with messages from people saying, "That's exactly what's happened to me." You know, I can't. That's that's me. It's like a light bulb moment, mm-hmm. and that was three years ago. We've now got you know almost 20,000 women
0: amazing so this is through Latte Lounge so I called it the Latte Lounge
1: Facebook group because the best conversations I have with my girlfriends and we work out all of our lives problems are always in a coffee shop Mm. so you know I'm not you know particular or not towards lattes but I just wanted it to feel like a virtual online coffee shop environment where women it's a women's only group so it was safe and um we could talk about all midlife sandwich generation Mm. issues so you can just
0: find it by searching latte lounge on facebook
1: yeah i mean it's good the strapline is top tips for women over 40 the problem with having a very large facebook group is that you then get a lot of well-meaning women giving advice that's often inaccurate Mm. or or dangerous that must
0: be hard to manage is it
1: it's hard to manage and and that's why i decided to set up a website and pull together a group of sort of medical advisors Mm. and contributors so that I could keep these women safe because I felt very responsible for them. I didn't want them to come to the Facebook group and go off and try all these weird and wonderful things and and waste years of life like I did. It's
0: very hard, isn't it? I mean, as you know, I'm very passionate about giving evidence-based, non biased information. And... We've both seen over the last year or two that there are more companies coming up that are trying to promote certain products Um, because as you know as well, like you already said, you try various things before that you're desperate to feel better. So we are, it doesn't matter how much it costs sometimes because you can't put price on your health. And Mm. so... Sadly a lot of companies are trying to exploit that and so everyone or a lot of people have got a bit of a hidden agenda they're trying to and and some women will find that some of these alternative treatments might help and they Mm. certainly do have a role but it has to be with the right advice Mm. and and the right considerations of why they're taking them Mm. what they're taking and um, how they're going to maybe help their future health and it can be very difficult for women to know what's right and what's wrong and I think certainly on... Facebook. You don't know who these people are, do you? No. Who are writing? So no. there's some people who have the most amazing knowledge and experience, and others might be have just one bad experience with a doctor or a um, treatment that they've taken, and they're they're telling the whole world that everything's terrible. And that's very difficult, isn't it, to tease it out? It
1: is, and and I think you know, mm-hmm. Facebook can be great. It can also be quite dangerous. No. And I, I wanted it to me. It's like a community I would want to live in. So it might be a virtual community, yes. but I want them to feel supported as it, as they are in the real world. Yes. So if they're coming with questions, and it, you know, do, it's not just about perimenopause and menopause anymore, but it's all sorts of midlife issues. Mm. You know, from children's mental health to our aging parents. I, I want to be that sort of centre point where I can then signpost them safely to either professionals or to really good resources mm. like your own. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, do, I feel a sense of responsibility to this woman, but I just want them not to have to go through those years that I did. Yes. Um, so, you know, I've learned the hard way, but I think I've always wanted to somehow find a way to carry on my father's baton. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he spent his life, you know, helping women with breast cancer. And I, I guess I'm a frustrated doctor. I was never very good at science, but I was always quite good at communication so I'm linked the um, website and the Facebook group up with the Eve Appeal. Dad and I actually went to have a look at their research labs yes. um, because they do such amazing work, you know, in women's gynecological health. Yes. Um, and I thought if I can use the platform as a way to not only empower women and give them, you know, scientific, evidence-based information, but we can actually have events that will raise money for cancer research then there's a bit of continuity there which Which is really important so we've
0: appeared I've done some uh, events for a very good charity for gynaecological cancers and Mm. it's a lot of their work is about improving awareness isn't it which is so key but I think it's interesting isn't it so your father was such an eminent breast surgeon and he did a lot of the Tamoxifen trials, didn't he, right at the start? And he actually was very key in introducing breast cancer screening. But everyone is worried about HRT because of breast cancer, aren't they? Mm. So you'd think that a breast cancer surgeon would be very anti-HRT because he'd spent his whole life dealing with women who have had breast cancer. And it was interesting, because when we first met, I didn't know who your father was. And when I found out, I was trying to be your best friend, because (laughs) he's um, he's always been a great idol, because he's he's very outspoken, which is great, but he's incredibly clever. Mm. And um, he just has slightly different thoughts to some people, because he sits back and reflects and weighs up the evidence. And he um, is very pro-HRT, which is quite surprising, but I think... Like most of us, he realises and knows that most women who have had breast cancer do not die from breast cancer, which is fantastic. A lot of it because of some of the amazing work he's done. But most women who have breast cancer die from heart disease, don't they? Yeah. And what does taking HRT do? What does it reduce heart disease risk? So... It's really important to look at the bigger picture, isn't it? So Yeah,
1: absolutely. And osteoporosis. It helps yes. with, you know, a lot yeah. of women die from that. And also, I mean, you know, obviously I'm not a doctor, but from what I've read, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, it helps with dementia, which is, yes. is probably one of the biggest killers in women. And that, that wouldn't enter to my head.
0: No, that's so right. I think um, there is. And because we're living longer, thankfully, you know, as you know, in the Victorian times, we died quite soon after our menopause. It's about... How we live our life and how healthy we are, and it's not just about an age that we die; it's about our quality of life, and also it's about disease reduction, isn't it? We mm. we want to prevent diseases, and um, certainly I've worked in the NHS for a long time, and it's changed. It's very busy, as we know, the resources are scarce, and anything that we can do to get away from doctors. And certainly since you've been on HRT, you've probably visited less doctors than you had in those four years. I
1: haven't been, touch wood, I haven't been to a doctor in... I mean, I've now been on it for a couple of years. Um, I must say I had to have a hysterectomy, we'll talk about that in a minute, but I haven't needed to see anyone, you know, for anything to do with any of those symptoms. So if you think of the
0: money that you personally spent on the NHS with your various investigations, your referrals, for your... Uh, palpitation, seeing a cardiologist yeah. you know that's unnecessary really referrals and, and we see it a lot you know, I've just mm. done a big study of 5,000 women and um, we see that the average number of consultations is six some have more than 10 oh, just to get the diagnosis which as you know we can diagnose in 10 minutes if we've got the right tools mm. and knowledge so it, it's very frustrating and I know we've have i already said we bang our heads against the walls a lot and certainly we we work closely with Diane Danzerbrink yeah. who's in the most amazing campaigner but I can hear your frustrations in so many of your messages, and because it's, it's, <laughs> you it's get lots of messages from women don't well, you? Well
1: we I, I mean Diane and I what happened was it became so overwhelming for me that I because you and Diane very kindly offered to write for the website. I actually spoke to Diane. And said, "Look, can we link our Facebook groups together mm. so that you know women can talk about everything when they come to us, but if they just want to focus on menopause and get you know real support, they can, can go, go to, to Diane." Dance. And what's um, hers? that's menopause. Support. Hers is the Menopause Support Network, yes. and we've yeah worked really close. We were both in Westminster on Wednesday with her Make Menopause Matter campaign. The thing that frustrates me the most is for us. I'm you know I'm a lay person. To me, it's so simple, mm. um, and yet there's so many, you know, complications. I, you know, I can't believe my nephew, who's a fourth-year medical student, doesn't know anything about menopause, and no. he's going to be a GP next year. I know. Um, and I just think, you know, doctors are so busy, and they can't be specialists in everything, but I just, you know... Yeah, absolutely. Just, I mean, you know, I, they,
0: as you know, I do a lot with education for not just doctors, not just GPs, but also nurses, nurses. pharmacists, mm-hmm. Um Physiotherapists as well are, are really important people who but any doctor that sees a woman needs to know about the menopause. It's not a women's health, it's not a gynecological problem. So your your cardiologist needs to know that palpitations are a yeah. potential symptom of the menopause. Neurologists need to know that migraines are a potential problem. Urologists need to know that recurrent cystitis. Ooh. Rheumatologists need to know that joint pains, muscle aches can be a, a symptom of the menopause. And so this is a failing, as you say, in undergraduate education. It should be talked about and discussed there because every woman will go through the menopause. There's a doctor, I learn a lot, which is great about pregnancy, about contraception, about hypertension, about diabetes, really important things. But actually not every person will get those. Yeah. But actually every woman, unless sadly she has an early death, will go through the menopause. And because there are health risks with the menopause it's not just about trying to help ladies who have hot flushes it's really about trying to think about ways of replacing the oestrogen if we can with HRT or if not looking at preventative ways of reducing risk of these conditions through diet through exercise through well-being through relaxation through sleep all these things, so we can improve our Mm. physical health, our mental health, and that's something that your nephew probably has never even thought about.
1: No, and I got the most beautiful email last night, which actually really brought tears to my eyes, from a man, and he said, I found your website by googling perimenopausal forums, and he said, I'm beside myself because my marriage is on the brink of collapse, because... My wife is suffering terribly, and I know, I know she's suffering, but she refuses to get help because her doctors told her she's depressed, Aww. and um, we're literally at the brink. And I just want to be able to help her. And it was—he was so desperate. And I thought, we, you know, the men, the boys need to, yes. you know, know. Men need to know. Absolutely, um,
0: I think it's really key, isn't it? I think. You know, you've got teenagers, I have, and they learn a lot about sexually transmitted infections. They know a lot about drugs. Mm. It's really important that they know these things. Mm. But not every child, thankfully, will be taking drugs. Even not every child will will have sex. But actually, they all will know a woman. Mm. So they all need to know. And in fact, my eight-year-old this morning was saying to me have a great day it's world menopause day (laughs) Mummy." because for some of you listening we're recording this on world menopause day and i thought that's very sweet she's eight and she knows but she's it's exciting for her. She's not worried about her menopause. And I was at an event last night in London, and there was a man talking about how important it is for men to know. And he said, I sat down with my wife, and we really talked about what the menopause means, because she's going to have to go through it. We know it's going to be a hard time. A nine-year-old sat down, so we had this conversation, and it was a very negative thing. And I thought, actually... It's got to be a positive time in our lives, hasn't it? It has, and if you
1: get the right treatments, you can then just get on with your life. You know, it it doesn't define me. It's actually, now that I'm on HRT, I've got so much energy, so much brain clarity, and so much drive to do something with my... You know, I've just turned 50, and I feel like, in some ways, I've now find my purpose in life to do this. It's amazing, isn't it? And I just want,
0: you know, everyone else to feel, you know, this good. Yeah. So So I think it's really important for people to get the right information and not feel alone, because Mm. I think that's a big message that's come through on this podcast is about how lonely you felt. You withdrew from society. Mm. And we're very... I think social media is a double-edged sword, isn't it? But it can be used to our advantage. Certainly and when our parents were our age, they didn't have any internet social media. Mm-hmm. So even those women who are feeling very socially isolated can still go online. Mm-hmm. They can look at some of the resources. They can go onto Facebook and just find out the right information for them. Mm-hmm. But it's very important that they see what the sources of the information are. Yeah, it? absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So before we finish, can I just ask in my typical way the three take-home messages? So for maybe, for peri-menopausal and menopausal women who have maybe had a lightbulb moment listening to this podcast, what would you say to those women?
1: I would say to go to your website and Diane Danzebrink's website and print off the symptom checklist mm. and have a look of, you know, tick all the symptoms that you're suffering I would also um, print off the nice 2015 guidelines yes. and just, you know, you don't have to learn them off by heart, but familiarise yourself with them and then go empowered to your doctor because you've only got a 10-minute appointment mm. and say, look, I've read some of these blogs on Louise Newson's website and the latte Lounge and, and the Menopause Support Network and, you know, and the BMS website as well and say, I think I'm suffering from yes. this. Um, the doctor will probably be quite pleased, I, I would like to think.
0: <laughs> no. Yes, because you're um, guiding them. And I think yeah. in that 10 minutes as a GP, if you, can, if you want to help, all the doctors obviously want to help their patients. And if we can empower women so they can get really good consultation, mm. then that's mm. key, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And if you've been told that everything else is fine with you, uh, to know that HRT is the first-line treatment, not antidepressants, because that was a big thing for me, because antidepressants mm. just numbed my feelings. Yes, it's very help.
0: common when they're not yeah. needed. Antidepressants can be very useful for clinical depression and some women need antidepressants as well as hrt Mm. but they're not first-line treatment which is really important for. Uh, and and
1: and my main thing is you're not alone you know join my facebook group join diane's facebook group have a look at all of our websites um we're all in this together and there's nothing we haven't heard so and we will do our absolute you know best and most for you to signpost you to get support you need
0: Thank you. Brilliant, great messages there, and I'm sorry to upset you, Helen. I take very much. <laughs> but it's been really kind. So thanks coming up to um, share everything with us. Thanks, Thank Katie. you, Louise. Thank, Thank you. you. For more information about the menopause, please visit our website www.menopausedoctor.co.uk.